Hello everyone, this is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm Andrew Shepard, and thank you for listening to another episode. Today it is Friday, the weekend is here, and I could not be happier. I am very excited about this. Um, you know, I'll start it off as always. If you'd like to contribute to the show, to an episode, to anything, contribute to part of my life with some of your madness or craziness if you want to share it. I'm all about it. Most of my life happens to be quite dull and boring. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Um, if you'd like to contribute or reach out or anything, of course, I'm on the social medias. Just look for AJ Vandertunt on a lot of the platforms. It's A-J-A-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. Everything from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's where we'll be at. Vero, I'm Andrew Shepard. And if you just want to reach out to me by email, feel free to do that at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy at gmail.com. And, you know, I'll keep you anonymous if you want to be featured on the show. And if you're listening on Anchor, and I'm going to keep saying it because I've had some good voicemails out there. If you're listening on the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message and I will listen to it. And if you'd love for me to play it on the show, as long as it's something that'll work out and fit. And as long as you're not calling me some weird, weird names. I mean, if they're insults, I'm okay with that. But if I get a weird name, like a fudge bucket or... uh salt rock or maybe somebody might call me a spoon something like that I don't know those are just weird very weird insults but today is pride month well it's oh my god that makes no sense today is the first episode for pride month June and all those great rainbow things that are going on out there and With each episode this month, I would like to share stories of people's experience being a part of the LGBTQ community, especially the Black community, because there's a lot of times people, young and old, feel alone out there. And sometimes you just need to hear that it does get better, that there's more than what you experience as far as the negatives in our community. And today's episode is going to be all about that. It's called Gay, Black, and Glowing. And I use glowing because it starts off a little shady and weird when you first start to figure out this life, but then you hit that glow-up phase and you blow up like a radioactive apple. Like, it's just an explosion of applesauce, seeds, and hopefully a great fragrance. It's just amazing. Uh, When I do think about it, it's something that I really feel is important, especially in this day and age with social media and being able to get to people and insult them so easily. It's something that I feel everybody should take seriously because if we don't, bad things are going to continue to happen. And if you are watching the news, you're on social media and all these different things, you hear it and you see it every day that there are kids in this world who are taking their lives. 
because of what they're dealing with him being bullied. And I mean, being a kid already is just a weird time. You smell weird. Nothing makes sense. You get upset and nobody wants to fucking listen to you because you're a kid. You get pimples. You start to learn that, oh, I have to put on deodorant and all these random things while you're just trying to go out and play with your damn Play-Doh. And you can't do that. So with that, I bring it all up because I would love for you guys to send me stories, create a message that you want me to play on this show of how it may have started off crazy for you. And what did it amount to? Did you get your glow up? What was your light at the end of all of this? And what is the light that you continue to follow? I would love to share those things and spread those inspirational messages and experiences so the people who are out there thinking that there is nothing after this, all they feel is the torment and bullying, they can see that it does change. It grows. You get so much better. And once you start to do the glow up, oh my gosh, it's just, it's cathartic. You just feel amazing. Um, If you'd like to share those, please share them. I would love to hear, and I know a lot of people who listen would love to hear. Now, I do not suggest that children listen to my podcast. It's 18 and up. But just sharing that inspiration can inspire somebody else to maybe make a PG version of it for somebody who they know who needs a PG version. I'm okay with that. As long as we're spreading that, that's what I love to spread. Uh... So when you do go through your glow up, it's an amazing time. And I want to start off, of course, with our quote of the day. And this quote is going to come from Booker T. Washington. And the quote is, success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcame while trying to succeed. And that quote from Booker T. Washington, it makes me think a lot of what it is to grow up and growing up and then glowing up. And success is a part of growing. You're going to have successes. You will have failures in this life. But I don't measure success in the way of what I get. I measure it in the experience that I got to get to where I'm going and that I never gave up on trying to get to where I want to be at. Now, excuse me, when you grow up, those are the early years. You're learning things, you're learning by experience, which some people say is a foolish way of learning. And I believe that children learn by being foolish. If they weren't foolish, they would have nothing to grow into. And it's a good thing. So that's the experience of growing, is experiencing things. The glow up It's not just radiation. It's not jaundice. You don't, unfortunately, get to have an astral projection of yourself. And you don't get to stand on the surface of the sun. Those things I just don't think are safe. I think they are very bad for your body. I hear that the sun this time of year happens to be quite hot. So the glow up, for me, the glow up is all about glowing into yourself. You're growing into yourself and it turns into glowing because you get to bask in the radiance of who you are. You know, I can say that my experience being black and gay 
has been hard. And I'm not alone in that. And I'm happy that I'm not alone in that because that equates to something very deep in the community that saves lives. You know, when I was younger, I was bullied a lot. When I got older, I still had to deal with the bullying, but I started to gain tools to defend myself, to get back at the people who were doing these things to me. And after getting away from those individuals who were nothing but negative, I was able to just thrive and just become something that I didn't think I would become. And I love it. So like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, we've seen it on the news and social media about kids taking their lives. I mean, there's Nigel Shelby. He was 15 years old. He killed himself because he was being bullied for being gay. There's Philip Sproul Jr. He was 11 years old. He was being bullied about his weight and he had homophobic slurs hurled at him. There's Kevin Reese. He was 10 years old. Killed himself for bullying. Ashanti Davis, 10 years old. Same thing, killed herself for bullying. Gabriel Ty, eight years old, took his life because he was bullied all throughout school. Eight years old. I just have to let that sink in for a moment. Eight years old, not even 10 years on this earth, and he was done because of the crap he was dealing with. Now, I don't know if all of these children were a part of the LGBTQ community. I do know that some of the insults that were hurled at them were meant to be homophobic. Oh, I keep saying that with an R, I'm sorry, homophobic. And it's sad. It's very sad, you know. As adults, we have the power to help these kids. And as adults, we have the ability to show them love that will brightly outshine all of the darkness that they're having to deal with, especially through kids. We have a responsibility to do that. I truly believe it. And with that, it's just good to share that it does turn around. It gets so much better. You know, I take myself, for example. So myself, I was bullied in school all the time. I was bullied for how I talked, for how I walked, even for how I sat down in a chair. I was always left with this damn feeling that I can't do anything right. Like, I mean, getting bullied and being called all kinds of fucking insults because I sit down in a chair differently than everybody else. I'm like, what in the world? I can't do anything. There's literally nothing I can do without it turning into some kind of commentary, which then turns into an insult. And when I got into middle school, it got even worse. I mean, that's when I started being called gay and fag and every other slur that is out there. And I didn't even understand what it was to be gay. I'm like, I don't get it. Everybody's calling me gay and they're saying it as if it's something bad. So it's making me feel bad and I don't know what to do. You know, at home, I had a great life, but at school where I spend more time than I do where I'm at home, it was terrible having to deal with all those kids. And especially in middle school, it just turned and escalated. And there's even one moment that I can think about that sticks in my head clear as day. 
in middle school, I never went to lunch. Never went to lunch. I was like, if it's not an academic class, that means I have to associate with a group of fucking people who I know are going to turn into some kind of insult than the ones who lead the charge are in there and they're going to just start it. And I just don't have the energy to deal with it. And of course, there was one day that did happen. Now, throughout all the time in middle school, I never really went to lunch. I would always go to the band room with my clarinet. And if I had something like I packed a little snack from home or something in my bag, I'd take it all down to the band room because only band students could be in there. I'd eat and play my clarinet. And, you know, some of my closest friends would come in there because they were in band too. So they would eat, we'd play our instruments, just hang out in there. Because going to the lunchroom was literally like walking into the Roman Colosseum with a sword that is made of meat. And then they unleash a fucking lion in there. And it's just no, no good for anybody. Not for the lion, not for you. It's just terrible. Well, for the lion, it's good. I mean, a meat sword. I might have to entertain that one for a little bit. I just might have to. Meat Excalibur. Steak Excalibur. That's what I like. Steak Excalibur. I'm going with it. So the day that I did walk into the lunchroom with Steak Excalibur, essentially, and the lions were at the ready, I remember I went and got something to eat. And I want to say it was burgers that they had that day. And the burgers were actually really good. So it was the one time I was, okay, I'm going to go to lunch, grab a burger, sit in there and eat it and then leave. Because unfortunately, once you go to the lunchroom, if you have a tray, you cannot take it out of the cafeteria. And you can't carry open food in the hallways. So I was pretty much stuck if I wanted to eat it. And I got my food, sat down at a table. I'm just like, let me just eat and get out of here. I pick up my burger take one bite and then this girl who's sitting maybe diagonally to me not more than seven feet away shouts at the top of her lungs ew he eats gay and i think her voice sounded really close to that she said i eat gay and as soon as she did that the rest of the people on the lunch table she was at and all surrounding me of course started oh, that's fucking gay. Oh, he laughs. And then I got food thrown at me and it's just like, damn. I was like, I just wanted to eat for once. And this is what it turned into. And at that moment, I just thought, there's nothing that I can do here. Nothing is going to change. This is just going to stay the same. And I just felt so angry and so hurt but there was no way I could express this because there was nobody around that I could talk to. And I just was hurt. I was angry. So I remember I got up and I just left the tray on the table and walked out of the lunchroom and walked to the band room. I think I started crying a little bit on the way. And then when I walked through the band doors, I saw my best friend uh, and Quentin is his name, still friends with them to this day. And I just was like, okay, I have a little bit of relief finally from everything that I was having to deal with. So I hoped it would get better at that point. And it didn't. I never went into the lunchroom again. 
And I still had two years left in middle school. No, I'm sorry. I still had one year left in middle school at that point. And I never went into lunchroom ever again. Never stepped foot in there. Just, I didn't. And the days where I couldn't go to the band room, I just found a hallway to go sit in the stairs until lunch was over. That's what I did because I just did not ever want to deal with that again. So after middle school, I got to go to high school. And for high school, I got to go to an art school. And I remember when it first got pitched to me that this school is just a great school. It's an alternative school. You're not going to be surrounded by just this group of people. There will be people from all different walks of life. And I got to go to the school and see that, hey, there's all kinds of people here. People who are all different. Goth kids, which were not in my middle school. Cheerleaders and singers and dancers and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, there's variety here. There's something here that's so different from what I'm dealing with now. And I made it my goal to get into that school. I got into the school and I loved it. I was like, finally, I'm here. I get to have a space where I don't have to deal with the same crap I've been dealing with for more than half of my life at that point because it started in elementary, went to middle school, and I never got a relief. And then the bullying kind of started there too. In my early year, like ninth grade is really where I had to experience it. The bullying was still there, but it was on a different level. It was no longer the childish things of having food thrown at me or just insults. And there was one time in the lunchroom, a group of kids at a table threw food at me. I actually don't know why. I, that is still blowing my mind. But um, when the bullying started there, it was more along the lines of this group of kids who were in choir and they knew that I was gay. I didn't hide the fact that I was gay at that point. I was like, you know what? I like a guy. I was really interested in a guy at that point. And they knew that that guy was interested in me. So I'd be walking through the hallways and I'd hear, oh, that's the spirit right there. That's a demon. That gay demon, you don't want that in you. Or I'd hear something like, oh, you need to go to church and pray that away. Or just things along those lines. And it really really bothered me. I was like, wait, now that I'm here in a space where everybody is supposed to be accepted, I'm still dealing with bullying. And now it's being hidden under the cloth of, oh, we're just saying this because we're Christian. And it's like, wait, what? How does that work? So in the first year of high school, if you're familiar with the movie Groundhog's Day, that's what I thought I was in. I was like, this shit doesn't fucking end. I'm in Groundhog's Day and I'm just over and over and over repeating the same fucking cycle. That's how I felt. And it wasn't until the end of ninth grade where I started to meet more friends who were coming out, who were saying, hey, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm lesbian, this is what I am. And they were black. I have to emphasize that. I had a group of people that I could physically look at and say, I identify with you on so many levels, more than just being gay. You're black. You are a black face who is saying, hey, I'm gay too. There's nothing wrong with it. Because up until that point, I had never heard that. All the people who were black who looked like me said it was evil, a sin, the devil. I was crazy. Not okay. And to see that and then 
have them be my friends. It was amazing. And from that point, I had that group of people to hold on and to latch on to. And we all took each other through this experience of growing up. And I I learned at that point what it was to build my family, my chosen family. And by building my chosen family, I was able to build Andrew. I was able to say, hey, Andrew, you're a little bit of a shell right now. You are like beaten down. Somebody took a bag of oranges and busted you in the face with them. But now let's, you know, fix up that face. Let's throw some stuff inside of this vessel that we call your skin and your body right now. Throw in some glitter. Let's throw in a little bit of spice. Let's throw in a little bit of peanut butter. Let's throw in some bones and some meat because, you know, we need a body in there. And let's throw in an unhealthy amount of Arizona iced teas and corner store pizza. And boom, it helped mold me into something that I didn't know I was because at that point I had been beaten down so much that once I started getting built and glowing up it was astounding my confidence changed I had the will and desire to do more things that I hadn't been doing and it just it I flourished and it was a great moment in life it was fantastic and I'm so happy for that Now, if you're listening to this and maybe you're in that point where you're like, well, damn, I got to wait all that time just for it to get better. I'm going to say you may have to deal with that. You may have to put in a little more time than some other people would because everybody's situation is different. But the light does come. It does get there to you eventually. At some point, it will be something that you didn't think it would be, which is beautiful. And I hope it comes to you faster than it came for me. I hope it does. I mean, in this day and age, it's a lot more accepted and beautiful to deal with. Um, But I hope it does come to you. It's without going through the experience that I did go through, I don't think I'd be the Andrew I am today. And I am happy about that. And... Just know whether you're young or even you're in your 30s and you feel like you're just starting to go through the process that I described, it does get better. And once you built that family and you get those people, you're like, yeah, I have a group of power around me. You can all be powerful to each other. You're like batteries and things that just keep providing power to each other. It's a great thing. So with that... It took a long time for me to break out of my shell. It did. And once I hit adulthood, it was a great moment because I had a way to say, hey, I'm going to glow. I'm going to make this life illuminated. And I'm going to show every person in this world that I am happy and loving myself. Loving yourself is just, it's just, it's just beautiful. So with that, I want to talk about a few other things that have to do with the glow up. When you start to glow up and get into life, being a part of the LGBT community, there's so much that you get to experience and see that it can be overwhelming, but it can be a maze that you want to explore and love at the same time. With Pride Month being here now, 
there's more that you'll be able to see in communities and projects and groups out there that you can associate with. You know, being younger, finding a gay alliance, like an alliance group, whether it's in your school, your college, or your local community, can be a massive help. I remember when I first joined the Gay Alliance at my high school, it was just a safe space for us to go to, to just hang out and chill with each other. We didn't even talk about anything really that had to do with being gay. It was just knowing that, hey, this group of people, whether they're gay and or straight or wherever they are on the spectrum, it was just a safe space. There wasn't going to be a single insulter talking about the LGBT community in a negative way. There was just going to be positivity and growth. And it was an experience that was amazing. And then after I graduated and went on to college and then went on to just everyday life, aligning myself with groups that are a part of the gay community has been just huge. It's been massively huge because even once you get past the first initial stage of glowing up and enjoying it and having fun, there's still the real world that is out there. And the real world, it's not kind either. It's not kind at all. You know, we see it on the news. We see it all the time. Transgendered men and women being killed at alarming rates. And transgendered men and women who are Black, they get killed left and right and nothing is done about it. Most of the time, they end up being killed by straight men in the Black community and nobody cares. I mean, it's a scary, scary thing. You see and hear about gay bashings that still occur. And you think, hey, these people are still out there. And they are, they are out there. And unfortunately, bigotry and hate like that will not ever completely leave the world or leave our society. But spreading the pride and cheer and charisma and inspiring stories of people and what they've been through are a way to cure that hate. You know, a lot of times, and if you're like me and you hear it and you see it, you'll hear people talk about, oh, there's, this is the gay agenda. They're pushing the gay agenda. They're pushing this agenda for gay people. And I don't believe that to be true at all. Myself, I am most of the time sitting in my house, chilling the fuck out, smoking a blunt, maybe watching TV or playing something on PlayStation and not giving two shits about what straight people are doing. I just don't understand it at all. I feel that the agenda is actually coming from the heterosexual side of society who are part of that, where it's like, what in the world does what I'm doing with my life and my body have to do with you? How is me taking home Peter from a bar affecting you? There is no way, shape, or form that is. How is me loving somebody who happens to be named Andrew take away from your life? I'm just loving somebody and having the joy of life. So with that and those groups of hate and things that are are out there building your family and having that close network and supporting your local lgbtq communities it's a great remedy to that you know giving the attention to the people who are homophobic is only 
contributing to their cause, of course, call them out. They don't deserve to have secrecy. They don't deserve to be hidden, especially when they invoke violence on people just because of who they are. Make sure you shine a light on the darkness. But then from there, keep living your life. Don't let that be the only thing that you think is out there because once you start to internalize it and see that that is the only thing, then that hope starts to fade and you don't want it in there. You don't. And I will say it again, like always, getting into therapy is one beautiful, beautiful thing. Getting into therapy, it helps so much, especially with these types of situations when you've been in that constant cycle of verbal and physical assault and abuse for being gay. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I can't say it enough. It helps to get over that hump that you may have had. And supporting other people who are in the community who happen to be gay with their endeavors and what they're doing to help spread and see that they can be the mainstream. You know, if you want to go with that term when people say mainstream, it can be a beautiful thing. Um, Just supporting people who are a part of the community, it makes the community more visible. That way the people who are out there and maybe have not had a chance to see, hey, there are gay people in this world who are living life without that constant fear that you may have in yours can say, hey, I can get to that point. And getting to that point can be something that's beautiful and save lives. You know, I want to save lives. I don't want to bury children. I don't want to see children in funerals. I don't want to see more gay people die just because they want to love. It just makes no sense. Now, if you do get a chance to go to Pride, and I would suggest anybody who is gay and out, if you are about being at an event or a festival, check out your local Pride event. Go to one of your local Pride parades or events that are happening during Pride Month. It gives you a chance to branch out and meet people that maybe you didn't have the chance to meet. And it could be something great. You know, I can think about my first event that I went to that was Pride. It was when I was 17 and I had to sneak away from the house. I think I said I was going to like... uh the library or something and I snuck away with friends and we got to go to a pride event I remember it was a little party in the park event and I got to see more gay people and I'm like wait there's other people here who are gay get out like I thought they were just all at school where there's some gay people but we're still like two and three here and there and dotted all over the place to walk into a room and see that there was just gay everywhere I'm like yes It was a great experience. I think a lot of people would benefit from that. If you are somebody who maybe might just be a little shy, you can still go to a gay pride event. It's not all about, um, you know, being outlandish or feeling you're going to be overwhelmed or all those things with people who are there because everybody who's there has their own part of the spectrum that they're on. And I can guarantee that you will meet somebody who is a lot like you in a way. And it, it just gives you a moment to say, hey, I'm not alone, I'm not alone. Um, so I would say do that, especially for pride. I would say take it balls to the wall if you want to. You know, if 
maybe you're going to a pride event and let's say you even go to a pride event that's not in your hometown because maybe people in your hometown don't know about you. So you say, hey, I'm gonna go to California for one of their pride events or New York City where I know nobody's gonna run into me. Go have fun with it. You know, go out of your hotel room and something you think you would never wear, like a rainbow flag or a rainbow t-shirt. Maybe you want to throw on a rainbow tutu and some heels for the first time in your life. You shall regret the pain from that. Your feet will say, look, bitch, this is our first time out on the golden sidewalk. That is gay and we got to calm it down. (laughs) But. It is still fun. I can tell you it's a lot of fun. And it just gives you a chance to break out of a shell that maybe you didn't even know you were in. Um, It's always fun any year that I get to do it. Another thing that is useful when it comes to getting out of that damaged space from all the homophobia that maybe you've dealt with earlier in your life and even while you're coming out is going to... I'm going to say gay getaways. And when I say gay getaways, I mean situations or places outside of Pride Month that are geared towards the LGBTQ community. Um, You know, restaurants where maybe they have a gay flag outside. Um, Spas that are geared towards gay men or gay women or lesbian women, um, you know, things where you go and it's like, this is just a, I like to say a gay safe space. Um, GSS, I like that, gay safe space. You know, that would be a great thing to do. Going to places like that where just other gay people gather together to just have a social time and you can completely let down your guard. Um, go to a gay bar. The first time I got to go to a gay bar, it was a huge life-changing experience. The first time I, I really got out to a bar, it was at a straight bar. And it was kind of weird for me because I didn't really see anybody I would really associate with. You know, I would have wanted to dance, but then back in my head, I'm like, oh, if I start dancing, then someone's gonna be like, oh, they're like two gay dudes dancing or some shit. And I just like, no, I don't want to deal with that. That's just not gonna work. So I remember I just drank and I really got drunk and it just was not a fun experience. And then the first time I went to a gay bar, I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, it was all guys, all guys. I don't think there was one woman in that bar. And I love when women are in bars. I'm not saying it that way that I don't like women, but it was nice to just go to a place. I'm like, oh, there's just all men here. And they're just all talking. And I remember a couple of guys hit on me. I threw out some cheesy, cheesy freaking pickup lines, which I forgot to continue doing my pickup lines. So I'll have to do some more of those. Um, But just horrible pickup lines where it's like, did you just watch porn as your only interaction with people? It makes no sense. Um, but, uh, it was pretty fun and I got to see, oh, okay, here's a little watering hole I can go to where I can just walk in, see somebody like, oh, you're cute. Or go there with friends who 
are just like, oh, well, this is fun. Yes, like, yeah, you know what? Nobody's going to say anything in here to me about maybe staring at a guy with extended eye contact for a little too long because they're like, oh, that's what I wanted. That's what I like. There's nothing wrong with that. And having that experience, it was pretty fun. You know, it gives you a chance to go to a place where people are going to end up letting their guard down because they're drinking and you just get to have fun. So I would suggest go to that when you're of age, when you're of age. If you happen to be under 21, I don't suggest you go to a bar. I, You know, you can get in, but just go at 21. It's just so much more fun. Get a little drink in you. Um, and then another thing that I found that helped for me, um, being that my family is not a part of the LGBT community, I mean, my, you know, my blood relatives are not they are always supportive in another way that it's just knowing that there is love there just having that anchor really helps and you know the sad part in being gay is sometimes you don't get that anchor and not having that anchor is really really bad and you know what I know I'm gonna go on a rant here but to any parent who happens to be out there and maybe you're listening and you're afraid that your child could be lesbian, gay, transgendered, or anything on the spectrum. It's okay. It's okay. You may not understand it. Maybe your faith says that this is not agreeable with what the faith designates itself as, but it's okay. That's still your child. No matter what your child ends up being, that is still your child. And every child wants that love. Just to know that, hey, you are still an anchor in my life because that love you have is still there. Maybe you don't understand what it is when I say that I'm gay, or maybe you don't understand that I love another man, but just still love me. I would at least for you like, I would at least love for you to love me. And that's one thing that it's precious to your kids. And if you're afraid that your kid's going to be gay, it's understandable. You know, every parent wants to have a great life for their kids. They don't want to have to think about their kid being bullied or tortured or assaulted. They want their kid to have a beautiful life, always a life better than theirs was. Your child is still going to go through pain. But if they're gay, be there for them because that pain is elevated. But they do get to get past that. Don't forget it. And the reason why I say that, recently I saw a couple of things about parents kicking out their children because they were gay. Um, if you've watched the show Pose, there's which Pose is a great show. It comes on FX. It got renewed for a second season. I would suggest you check it out. It's a great show about the ballroom scene and also about kids being, you know, pretty much shunned for being gay. And this is the early 80s when a lot of it takes place. And uh, it's African-American kids, black kids and Latino kids. And it's a great show. So... When you get kicked out for being gay, that will put in that kid's mind that 
this is something so terrible that not even my family wants me around. And when you kick out your child for being gay, you are not doing something heroic. You are not doing something Christian. You are not doing something beautiful. You are not doing something to build that child up. You are not doing anything that is going to be beneficial for that child in their life. By kicking them out for being gay, you have taken your child, picked them up, thrown them to the wolves, and said, hey, we love you, but you can't do that here. Get out. You've literally thrown that child to the wolves and the wolves are going to rip that child apart. Two pieces. And that even comes when you kind of shun your child from talking to you. Maybe you didn't kick them out, but you didn't make it a great environment for them to open up to you. It's the same thing that happens. You've thrown your child to the wolves. And then when that child does end up coming back into your life, maybe you end up reconnecting with them or they reconnect with you when they're older, you won't recognize that child at all. They'll be completely different than the child that you put out. And it can be scary. It can be incredibly scary because you don't recognize that person. You can't even say that they're that child anymore. That person you don't recognize. Now, that's not bad for the child or the person who got kicked out because they have built something for themselves. They have learned to survive and built a life. So for them, it's hugely positive. For the parent, I'm telling you, it's going to shock you. It will throw you into a loop that maybe you have never experienced before. So maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't get it. Maybe it's scary to you. But still love them. And don't throw them to the wolves. I can't say that enough. So I wanted to just share my thoughts on it and share my story of going through the glow up. And, you know, now I'm still glowing, but of course I still deal with shit. Shit happens all the time. It rains down from the sky and it's full of peanuts, but it's okay. We make it through it. Um, And I'm happy to make it through it. So I'll say it again. I would love it if you guys did share your stories. If you like this podcast, please give me a rating and share it. That's all I would really appreciate is to just share it because the more people who get to hear positive and inspirational things and I hope that I can help inspire people but I want people to know that you are not alone you are not alone in how you're feeling and that's one of the greatest things I think any human can share with another human is to share companionship um so share it please like it please share it on your social medias wherever you like to share stuff if you share it I would truly appreciate it um So right now, it is time for our listeners' lifestyles. And I've got a great message here. It is a tad bit long, and that is okay. I'm okay with the long ones coming in. Um, And forgive me for any mistakes that I make while reading. You know, I can butcher the easiest sentence. It's I'm just always able to butcher stuff. That's just how I operate. That's just who I am. I don't understand it, but it's okay. So our listeners' lifestyles today is going to come from Jacob. And Jacob sent a great question that he wanted to hear, and I love it. So Jacob, this is what he said. He said, I have a question. And I feel it's a little bit of a dilemma that I found myself stuck in. 
So a couple of months ago, I was involved with this guy for the first time after talking for close to a year on a gay app, on and off. He lived in Huntsville and I stay in Birmingham. Occasionally he visited and whenever he let me know that he was in town, I would never take him up on offers to meet because I was self-conscious about the way I looked. Fast forward to the beginning of 2019 and we finally met. We spent the night talking in my car, hotboxing, claps for that, I love a good hotbox, and exchanging stories about our lives. For the first time ever, I had fallen head over heels for a guy. The emotions were out of this world, and I was taken by complete surprise. He was thick, dark, mature, 26, and I was 21, and was a teacher. Y'all better say that. Damn, honey. So everything about him enamored me, especially his love of teaching and his knowledge of finance. We continued our relationship even as he went back to Huntsville that same night. For a month, it was completely electric. He was into me. I was into him. It was amazing. The most amazing I have ever felt. I went and visited him twice. For me, that's an hour and a half of a drive. Short for some, but for me, traveling that distance for a guy for a relationship was a big freaking deal. As the relationship went on, though, my feelings grew. His did too, but he didn't convey them as I did. I constantly told him how much he meant to me. Hell, I was on the verge of telling him I loved him. But no matter, all the love I had for him and how much I wanted to work, his teaching overtook everything. It kept us separated and kept us arguing. And eventually we lost all communication. He stopped texting and I stopped trying. And for two months, I thought he was dead. Damn. Damn. Okay. Fast forward. I've met a guy. I met a great guy from Tinder. He's so into me. We've been on countless dates. I enjoy his company immensely. We just made it official not too long ago, but this is where I'm stuck in a situation and I'm not sure I can get out of it. And I don't want to get out of it. I'm sorry. I think I'm stuck in a situation that I'm not sure I can get out of and I don't want to get out of it, which is precisely my pain. I love his presence. I love his energy. I love our energy together, but I still find myself unsatisfied. That seems like a harsh word, but that's how I feel some of the time. Not all the time, but the thoughts plague me constantly. I knew a high school kid at a job I worked at almost a year, and he had a girlfriend. But he always told me many times he would cheat on her, whether it be oral sex or penetration. Even went so far to show me a video of him having sex with a girl in a clothing store fitting room. I asked him why he didn't break up with her and not hurt her, you know, to avoid all the pain and heartache and just be single. He told me because I love her. And that was a genuine mindset. He loved her, but the love wasn't enough. I'm scared because I don't want to develop that mentality or get so far as to cheat. That's not my style. I hate those that do it. I don't want to be that guy. Any advice? Jacob, thank you for writing in with this. I truly appreciate it. And 
I thank you for listening. Thank you. I am going to tell you, as far as advice, I have to break it down into a couple portions. And I hope it makes sense because I can understand where you are. I can understand where your friend is. And this is an answer that kind of works on a sliding scale because it can change depending on your feelings. So I'm very happy you're in a relationship right now. It sounds like it's a great relationship and you've got a guy there that you've really grown with and you guys have an anchor there. There's substance to your romance. It's a great thing. Myself, I am single right now. And when I do get into a relationship, I will be most likely in an open relationship because that is what works for me. I have had moments where I've really been enamored with a single individual and it was a great experience. And I always wanted to be around that person. And I'm not going to say that person was not enough for me, but physically, I still had needs that not everything could be satisfied with that one individual. And it's nothing to their detriment. They supplied me with everything that I needed. Physically, I just view sex in a relationship differently. So the relationship portion, the individual that I really grew close to, every day I'd love to be around them. Every moment I'd love to be around them. Every hard situation or deeper, heavy interaction that you can have with an individual, I'd want to have with him. I'd want to come home to him, be next to him, and enjoy him. We had fantastic sex. The physical relationship was amazing. He satisfied me in every way, shape, or form. And that's why I was okay with being with him. With that satisfaction, it worked for us. For me, I still have a joy for sex with other people. I like to have sex with other people. And that's just my preference. It was never me stepping out and saying he wasn't enough. It was just... I like to have sex with other people. That's just me. And I say that because for you, you sound like you have drive for a relationship. You sound like you want to be in this relationship. Maybe you just have different stimuli that different people can meet. So for where you're at now, you have this loving, caring man that you're with. But what else is there that you're looking for? Is there something that you want that maybe... He doesn't give to you and not in an unsatisfactory way, but in something that maybe he just physically or mentally doesn't have the ability to give. Let's say you like playing video games and he does not like even having a TV in the house. That's not an end to your relationship. There are compromises that you can make, but let's say, hey, well, I want to go hang out with somebody that I play games with a lot. So you build this relationship with somebody else that you just play games with. There's nothing else outside of that relationship. It's just your gaming buddy. And you still go home and love and adore the same man you're with. 
that's the same way I view an open relationship. You're not going to go play with somebody else because you don't like him. It's because you have a need that you want. And that's okay to express that. Now, I would say with your partner, you should have a sit down with him. Say, this is where my head is at. These are the caution moments that have come up in my head to say, hey, I love you. I love being with you. But I do want to have some other things that I can enjoy. If you're thinking about having somebody else in a relationship or talk with them and just be completely open about the things that make you feel complete as an individual in a relationship and help set those expectations. Because it could also happen that on his end, if you haven't had the conversation with him, that maybe he's feeling something. So you definitely want to have that open line of communication, especially with the person that you're in a relationship with. Because once that line of communication breaks down and then you just start stepping out on the relationship, trust is broken, feelings are hurt, and it just doesn't work. When you do have that conversation, you set the expectations and you make sure that the communication doesn't die, then it's like, okay, you're not just doing something without your partner understanding or knowing what's going on. And that can be more powerful and strength building in relationship than anything. Just that sheer honesty and setting the expectation of what you want and what he wants. And it can be very beneficial. So I hope that that is something that helps that you can take away from it. It's never easy in a relationship to talk about these things. It's not easy. It can be very hard, but having the conversation is what breaks down the barrier and does make it easier to express how you feel and the feelings that you have with your partner. I wish you the best of luck and I hope that you have a great relationship. I would love to hear an update of how things are going with you guys because it's just beautiful to hear that you have found this kind of love already in your life and it only gets better as you go. And one thing that I can attest to myself, the more you talk with your partner about a situation, the more you open up with your partner about a situation, it builds strength and it builds character. And even if you have the fear that maybe he'll say, nope, this isn't the relationship for me and it's time for me to go my way, that is something that you should prepare yourself for, but also understand that it is not a terrible thing. It is not the end of the world because that means that even though you two weren't the perfect compatibility, your perfect compatibility could still be out there. And now that you've broken the first initial eggs of having that type of conversation, it gets easier for the next time. I knew it took me a long moment to get that, but I was going somewhere, y'all. I was hitting to a point, and that's the point right there. So I hope it helps, Jacob. Thank you for your question, and I appreciate it. Um, That's where we're going to bring it to an end today, you guys, because it's already been 55 minutes. I didn't even realize it flew by. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, 
listened to this episode, you know, it's Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. And I would really and truly appreciate it if you guys give a rating to the show. If you're listening on iTunes or any of the podcast platforms or apps that allow you to rate. And also please share the show. I would love it if you just share it with as many people as you can. And let's keep growing this community. Um, It's beautiful. I love it. And... If you want to contribute to the show, you know, reach out to me on the social medias at AJ Vandertunt. That's A-J-A-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. And also you can reach me on Vero at Andrew Shepard. And if you want to email me, email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That is lifestyle G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy at gmail.com. Of course, I'll keep you anonymous if you want to be anonymous. If you want to be blown out of the water just like a fish, I got you. I'll do the same to you. A um, couple of announcements. I will have a website very soon. So instead of trying to find me on the different social media platforms, there's one place to go. Then also I will have a regular page. Well, not even say regular. A actual page that's just devoted to the podcast itself. So that way you don't have to search for Andrew, AJ, all these different things. You can just say, hey, I'm going to type in lifestyle of a gay black boy and boom, you're at the page. So I'm excited for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, Also, Jones Pond, we're going to be going to that this year. Um, If you are interested in going to Jones Pond, I will definitely post information. It is a pond for gay men up in New York State. It is in upstate New York. And you can camp and have fun. There's all kinds of theme weekends. So, you know, I'll post the information. You guys should definitely check it out. It is tons of fun. Um, So the ending quote of the day, we'll give it out. It is from LeVar Burton, and I'm going to paraphrase him. But if you want to hear the whole thing, there is an episode of a podcast called The Read that he was on. And LeVar Burton said something amazing. If you don't know LeVar Burton, he is from The Reading Rainbow, one of the best shows of my lifetime. Also, Star Trek, The Next Generation. And he said something about being on Star Trek being a major character there. And he was talking about the fact that in Trek shows and star shows, you'd only see people who are white. You would never see a person of color, no black people, no Latinos, nothing. Until I saw him. And he said that the future was painted pretty monochromatically until Star Trek. And on Star Trek, his role helped him be the person to say that, hey, When there's a future and when the future comes, there is a place for you. That blew my mind. So LeVar Burton, you have my ending quote of the day. When the future comes, there is a place for you. Have a good one, y'all.